0: and welcome to this edition of the let's get physical podcast i'm your co-host brantley palmer i'm joined as always by my fellow film school graduate my fellow father to a toddler and the keeper of the shrining ladies and gentlemen it's mr nicholas schwartz hey nick how are you
1: hey brantley i'm doing well and that was a fantastic intro thank you
0: oh thank you (laughs) i'm gonna i i use the same identifiers i did last time uh, I, I like ending it with The Keeper of the Shrining, because you're such a fan that I feel like I'm remiss if I don't include that when I when I introduce you.
1: No, I appreciate that, and I, I totally forgot that you had mentioned that last time, so great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, we are uh, very lucky this week, because we are joined uh, by uh, another fellow film school graduate that we went to school with, uh, Mr. Matt Bronsdorf. He is uh, a wonderful writer and director. He's made a... A couple of great shorts, including John the Carpenter, which is uh, amazing, and Uber X, which I haven't had a chance to watch yet, and I'm very much looking forward to. Matt Bronsdorf, how are you? I am all right. I am here to get physical, physical. <laughs> <laughs> now, Matt, I don't know if you know this, if, Matt, if Nick let you in, but when we did our first podcast, when I introed it, I did a uh, parody song to the Let's Get Physical uh, beat, <laughs> Uh-huh. I did not mention that as this is as one does. Okay. Good. All right. So I'm I'm not crazy that that's where my mind went with the name of our podcast and uh, and making that kind of a joke since Matt was there with me.
2: Uh, no. That th- I love that joke. I'm I'm on board, as they nice. say.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Well, we're so lucky to have you on here. Uh, Usually we just kick it off real easy. Just, you know, what have people been watching, reading, listening to, consuming? Uh, Doesn't have to be physical media. I mean, we love physical media, but, uh, you know, so much is just digital now. Uh, What have you been watching lately, Matt?
2: Well, I literally just got home from the theater, uh, and I I saw the Jumanji film, The Next Level, with, with, uh, you know, The Rock and... uh, uh, Karen Gillen and and, and Kevin Hart and, and Dana DeVito and oh and Jack Black, you know. It's a, it's a delightful cast of characters.
0: Awesome. How did how'd did it live up to the uh, I guess the second in the series, but the most recent one before it?
2: Uh I you know, I would say it's a it's about as good as the last one. Um I feel like maybe I'm remembering the last one a little bit better than perhaps I I than it actually is that mm. I mean it, it was good it was good it was a lot of fun but I found that a lot of the scenes unfortunately were edited um slackly if that's if that's the right word mm. like it could have been a lot tighter and some of the some of the scenes just went on a little longer than they should have without having any real strong laughs to sustain them okay and and that's where I like I feel like I think I'm thinking that the first movie or the first movie was funnier But I have a feeling that if I watch it again, they're probably equally funny. Like, the concept in general is very cute and fun, but the jokes and the the filmmaking behind them are not uh, supporting the jokes as as much as they should.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Yeah,
2: Yeah, but it was good. You know, it's a good time at the movies. We went with our family and all that jazz. Yeah, it Uh, was fun.
0: Yeah. Do you guys? Do you guys usually do that when it's because uh, peek behind the curtain? We're just a couple days out from Christmas here as we record this. So, uh, do you do that when you get together with family for the holidays?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we go to my wife and I go to the movies a lot with my mother in law. Okay. Um, and uh, I do I do go to the movies with with my parents as well. Um, just not as frequently um, because more often than not, my mother in law will actually come down to the city because she loves IMAX. So she'll come mm. down to the city just specifically to see certain movies on the biggest screen. That she has available to her. Nice. Um, but we're, we, in the last uh, couple of years, we've tried to, uh, on, you know, on the big holidays when we're all together, because there is a theater that is equidistant between my parents' house and her parents' house, um, we're trying to get like family groups together. So this is, uh, last month it was Terminator Dark Fate, and today it was Jumanji The Next Level.
0: Oh, well, that's kind of cool, though. You guys found a spot that uh, kind of everyone can get to, same distance wise, and everything like yeah. that. Yeah, that's yeah, it's awesome. Nice. Yeah. How about you, Nick, man? Anything anything new you've been uh, watching lately? Uh, I'm trying to think
1: of anything. I've checked. Oh, I'm um, a year late, but I finally saw Haunting uh, on Hill House. Or, sorry, Haunting mm. of Hill House. Uh, I wanted to read the so novel good. first. So, so good. Um, yep, read that, uh, watched the series, loved it. It's great. Um, I saw that. I've been a fan of Mike Flanagan for a while. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think since I saw Absentia, which was years ago now. Um, but uh, I wanted to see Hill House after I'd read the novel so I waited about a year and also I happened to see it just coincidentally right after I saw Doctor Sleep um, and uh, it was two very very different experiences from the same filmmaker in, in a very short period of time which was interesting um, Yeah, I will not get into my thoughts on Doctor Sleep I did see it twice um, not necessarily because I loved it but because I felt like I had to and I saw it on IMAX one time which was very cool um, but um yeah, uh, I'm too close to *The Shining* to talk about *Doctor Sleep*, but I loved *Hill House*. Um, it it was a fantastic series. I'm very, very much looking forward to uh, *Bly Manor* next year, which was, uh, which I think is based on Henry James ghost stories. Which um, uh, *The Innocence is one of my favorite um, ghost stories oh. of, all time. Uh, it's good, of all time. Such a good,
0: such a good movie. Oh, it's phenomenal. I think yeah, it's
1: incredible, and I've always wanted. Um, Turner the screw like uh, there's been a ton of adaptations. They've all been great, but apparently, Blind Manor is going to adapt um, like all of his famous ghost stories. So I uh, just I'm super excited for it. Yeah, yeah I,
2: was...
1: I, uh, I sorry, sorry. sorry.
2: Go ahead. Oh, no, I know. I just wanted to jump in on uh, Haunting of Hill House. It's it's funny that we're starting this podcast about physical media and we're talking about a show that's streaming. But you know what? It's 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 so good. I I broke my leg last uh, winter. And for the first two weeks where I was just home by myself, drugged up all day on on Percocet and whatnot, I watched the first season of uh, I watched the the Haunting of Hill House, and I loved it. I was scared frequently. Uh, it's so good. So anybody listening, watch the Haunting of Hill House. What are you waiting for?
1: Watch it. Oh, and also yeah. it's a, it's a great movie to mention, or sorry, series to mention because um, yes, it's streaming, but it did the director's cut just came out on Blu-ray. So um, oh, that's it's right, not available on Netflix. So it's a great mm-hmm. example of um. I, I, who knows? Netflix may very well put it up on on their service at some point. Maybe when Blind Manor comes out, but um, right now it's the only way to see it. So there you go. Go buy some Blu-rays. Yeah,
0: yeah no, that's perfect. Perfect transition into uh, physical media and, and why it matters. I, so, so I am one of those people who actually has not watched it all yet, and. Uh, my only excuse is that you know, with a toddler, my TV watching time is is limited, and it's usually when my wife and I want to watch something together. She has no interest in watching it, so that is my my excuse. But I, I am very much looking forward to it now that I have some time off uh, over the holidays to catch up, and I am very happy to hear that they had a second season uh, that they're going to be doing with Bly Manor. Um, but that transitions us into like why physical media matters, and there's actually a couple kind of things in the news besides the director's cut of those uh episodes um well disney plus ha- has come out uh and i don't know if you guys saw but there was um the they have put everything up in 16 by 9 so they literally cropped the 4 by 3 original uh frame rate that uh they used to be uh, in until like the 20th season so they were literally cropping out certain jokes uh talking about, you're were... talking about the simpsons right the simpsons yeah exactly <laughs> Sorry, did I not say Simpsons? I'm sorry. Yes, when the <laughs> Simpsons uh, came there. Um, so yeah, they were they were cropping the 4x3 to make it 16x9 and, and cutting off some of the jokes. Um, and I guess that's going to be rectified next year, which is good. I'm glad that they're actually next changing it. Next year? I like, some I think early next year. Early next year, I think.
2: Why well, Here here all right. All right. Uh, so uh, yeah, I saw when this all came out and, and uh, working in post in in a in in that realm and knowing how it, how you deliver things. The fact that Disney plus is like, we'll fix it next year. How did you not just fix it week one? Mm -hmm. The shows already exist in many formats. Just re-deliver it. I don't know that, that, that excuse to me is, is mind boggling.
0: Yeah. And it's, uh, I think what whatever it used to be streaming on because I didn't watch it on whatever app it was like whatever FXX had or something like that. Mm-hmm. Apparently, you could choose. You could choose to watch it four x three. You could choose to watch it sixteen by nine. So it's not as if like digital versions of the four x three aren't like available and ready to go. Exactly. Anyway. Yeah. Exactly.
2: And 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 also like every ad for Disney Plus for months leading up to it had Bart Simpson on it, like mm-hmm. uh, you know writing on the ad. So like it's clearly a major asset for them to have it. So yep. why why when you have like users complaining about it, articles being written about it, why wouldn't you fix it within? You've got seven days. Come on, yeah. The you know Samara from the Ring could kill people in seven days, and she's a ghost. <laughs> you can't you can't change some deliverables. Come on.
1: See, I find this whole thing endlessly fascinating because um, the, the the whole idea of of either cropping and or going back to sixteen nine um, for these shows is. Pretty crazy to me. If there's if if something was cropped and only available in 4:3 from like when VHS was was prevalent, of course, and and movies were being cropped to 4:3, and then they were re-releasing them in their original um, aspect ratios, like that made sense. When Mm -hmm. Friends came to Netflix, um, they went back to all of the 16:9 like camera originals and they remastered them for Netflix in 16:9. But that show was never intended to be watched in 16:9, so there's equipment Mm -hmm. visible everywhere. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's say, like the, say, the exact opposite of what's happening here. And it's just, it's, it's mind boggling that they don't take their, I mean, how much money did Netflix spend getting friends up? A um, hundred million. A hundred million to keep it for <coughs> one extra year. Much yeah, to exactly. Have it, um, and it's crazy to me. Um, and like the, the thing with, um, oh, they just announced again, back to Dr. Sleep, they announced the director's cut coming to Blu-ray. Um, but only to Blu-ray. So with the 4K release, you get, um, you get the regular theatrical cut on 4K, plus you know all of those bundles. The 4K movies always come with um, a Blu-ray and a digital code. So the 4K mm-hmm. release has a theatrical cut on 4K, and then the Blu-ray and digital versions that come in that same package are the director's cut. And it's like Mike Flanagan just did this whole press tour about how Warner Brothers gave him all the resources he needed to fully master, finish the VFX, the color, the sound, on the director's cut, they were all behind it. So, why not release it in 4K?
0: That's very yeah, interesting.
2: I, I don't know that, but I, I, I do want to jump in and say, and, and, and I am sorry, I know this is going to be a, a little bit of, um, oh crap, uh, heresy, heresy to say on a, on a physical media podcast, um, but 4K, Blu ray, uh, my mother-in-law has a 4K TV, and you know, we watch Blu-rays with her a lot. And honestly, I think the quality difference between a 4K print and a and a, a 1080p Blu-ray is not that distractingly different. It's not like DVD and Blu-ray is or 4K and DVD is. Um, mm. So I get it. It's frustrating that that isn't in 4K, but also it's still going to look great on a 4K TV.
1: Oh, it'll look amazing. No, you're right. I mean, the, yeah. the, the jump is not as big. Um, I think, personally, I... And I don't have the equipment to really test this, but I think the four K UHD releases are really the main difference maker is the um, HDR. Right. Okay. Uh, mm. If you're into that, and if and if yeah. you have the equipment to, to really, yeah,
2: I would yeah. I would imagine if, if you did a four because because the the director's cut is three hours, right, or it's a little bit over three hours. Yep. So, yep. Uh, yeah, I, my my guess would be that uh it's it, it's probably only coming out on one disc and if they were to do the director's cut uh in 4K as well they'd have to have a second disc just to fit all the information and that, that might that might, might might not be cost effective mm. for a movie that unfortunately did not do great perform
0: well yeah, yeah 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 i haven't dipped my toe at all into the 4K waters although i just put a new <laughs> entertainment center down here in my viewing room so having to haul I have a hand-me-down 50-inch plasma from my dad <laughs> so having to haul that heavy ass thing onto this new entertainment center has made me really really consider uh, a 4k tv with how cheap they've become nowadays because it's yeah. like you can get like a 55 incher for like 350 400 something like that which is insane it's insane to me how cheap it's getting but either way I, I I'm sure the quality difference isn't too crazy um and uh yeah, fuck. I don't know where I'm going with this. Anyway, oh sorry. <laughs> blasphemy,
2: blasphemy. That was the word I was looking for. Not heresy. Blasphemy. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> no, no. I, 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 I hear you. <laughs> but, yeah. um, um, now, you, um, you, you guys. I assume
2: are both homeowners, correct? Yes. Um. So, uh. Yeah. I. I am of. So right now I have a, a 47 inch LED. You know, 1080p TV. It's, it's, you know, I don't have the 4K or anything like that. And at this point, if I were to upgrade to a 4K TV, I wouldn't want anything smaller than 50 inches to begin with. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I'm of the opinion that I, you know, I'm not going to get it until I move into a house because right now our apartment really isn't conducive to something that big. I honestly think, and I hope that this is more available, I, w- I might go projector route when I have a house.
0: Oh, interesting.
2: Make a make a you know, a homemade screen. My my ideal situation is a finished basement. And in mm-hmm. the finished basement, I build a floor to ceiling uh, screen and then get a projector for that instead of doing the 4K TV route.
0: That'd be pretty cool. My my viewing room is in we have a half finished basement. It's in the half finished part is where I've kind of set up my little physical media haven. The Palmer Cinema. Yes, exactly. I, I literally my my Blu-ray and DVD shelves are from the old video store I used to work at when they went uh-huh. out of business. So, video Headquarters. Video Headquarters. Rest, rest yeah, in peace. Yes. Or as the jingle would go, Video Headquarters. <laughs> 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 Although anyway, it is a,
2: yeah. it, it is a Bull Moose now and Bull Moose is pretty dope, I got to
0: say. Yes, exactly. It's there was a lot worse things that could have gone into that space than a Bull Moose. That's for sure. Yeah, like a home goods Bluch. Yes, although we just got one in town. You got a Home Goods? We just did in another part of town. Yeah.
2: If you want to go buy some shoddily put together throw pillows, you know where you can get them.
0: Yep. It's been a zoo apparently, because my wife wanted to check it out just to see what the hubbub was, and she's like, she she, like drove by and was like, I'm not going in there. (laughs) all All the ladies in town were already there, I guess. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, physical media, not Home Goods yes oh 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 sorry one other thing i wanted to th- talk about because I, I don't have disney plus one of the other things i've heard is that speaking of the simpsons uh, apparently that they do not include the michael jackson episode uh which i forget what year that was like season three maybe uh apparently that is not there on disney plus for you know michael Political jackson reasons, reasons. Yeah, yeah yeah so it's only available on its physical format now uh, i guess yeah. So another reason why uh, you should hopefully didn't throw out your uh, Simpsons DVDs. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, oh,
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, D- Disney's been doing that stuff for ages. I have the uh, mm-hmm. I have the copy on uh, VHS of uh, Little Mermaid with the golden dildo, and I will never get yep. rid of that.
0: <laughs> I speaking of Bull Moose, I saw that in a Bull Moose the other day. And I, I just, I, I, never pick up any Disney stuff. But he's I, I like, "Oh, I wonder if this is the, the big penis case." And I looked, and sure enough, it was. How much were I they just, selling it for? All their VHS go for thirty cents.
2: How are you selling the golden dildo for thirty cents?
0: <laughs> I don't think they. That's paid gotta attention. be
2: a. They might not have noticed it, but that's gotta be a collector's item. Uh, Nick,
1: do you know what we're talking about with the golden dildo? Yeah, of course. I think that every, I honestly haven't seen a case without that. At least, really, I mean, on VHS, at least. I know there was, like, a whole bunch of hubbub about that, but to this day, on VHS, I've never seen a case without it. Though I know, obviously, wow. since then, it's been removed. Um, but, yeah, 30 yeah, cents still I, seems like a good
2: deal. Th- yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> well, I was kind of hoping that the Golden dilda would be
0: worth at least 50 bucks. but Yeah, <laughs> I don't... That's a good question. I don't know what they go for. I'm sure we could, like pull up ebay and find out hang on on. we should do a whole
1: episode about disney the disney black diamond collection on ebay and and what a crack of shit that is and how like the beauty of the beast black diamond was selling for like eight thousand dollars
0: really what the it's worth
1: four and a half dollars maybe
0: yeah yeah i think one sold for that amount and then everyone freaked out and was like these are worth thousands or whatever and it became a whole thing all right i'm trying to find from. I do not know either. Okay, so so they range in price by a wild amount for, for what people are asking. I should say I, I have not looked for I have not looked at sold listings, um, but one is asking a hundred fifty dollars for the rare band gold penis cover, Black Diamond. Uh, Another is asking gold. eight <laughs> gold penis. It's called the golden dildo, guys. Come on. <laughs> Uh, another's looking for eight forty nine another's looking for twenty another for forty so they they're asking all over let me actually do an advanced search and see what they've actually sold for ooh advanced search oh yeah
1: all right Matt while he's doing that tell me yes. about other items in your collection that you think are unique rare valuable
2: uh okay so in the in the years that that video stores blockbuster all these uh you know uh, borders uh in the years that those, those stores have started to disappear, and now, you know, when you go to Best Buy, all Best Buy ever has are new releases or, like, really old Blu-rays that they can't sell. Um, I have – I had two uh, Moby Dicks, two uh, white whales that I was always mm-hmm. looking for every time I went to a video store. One was the Criterion Collection of The Rock uh, uh. Because because it went out of print pretty quickly and they never put it out on Blu-ray to to for what reason I don't understand. My guess is that because they're Criterion and and I love them I love them so much, but I assume they're a bunch of snobby assholes. Um, they don't want to be associated with Michael Bay because Armageddon, which they also put out on Criterion, is also not available on Blu-ray. Um, I love you, Criterion. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I called you snobby assholes, but come on, you know you are. You know you are. Uh, So I so the the Criterion collection of The Rock uh, was one of my white whales, and the other one is Meet the Feebles, which is one of Peter Jackson's early movies. Um, Mm. I've been able to find everything by Peter Jackson, you know, in any store: Bad Taste, Dead Alive, all that stuff. But I can never find Meet the Feebles. Um, The Rock VHS DVD anything anything can never I can never find it. Oh
3: wow.
2: But uh, I was at, um, excuse me. Uh, I went to Princeton, New Jersey, over the summer um, because my creative partner John Marbly and I had a uh, a pitch competition that we were a part of. We got third place hashtag humble brag, but we didn't win anything, so who cares?
3: Congrats.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, but there was a there was a video store um, that had all sorts of you know records, cassette tapes, all that stuff. So I was like, all right, let's go in. Let's see what I can find. Maybe I'll find The Rock. Maybe I'll find Me the Veebles. And finally, I found The Rock on Criterion ah. for five dollars. So that's a so, good
0: price.
2: Yeah, yeah. So of all of my purchases this year for my personal collection, that is the one that I am most excited and most proud of. And I watched it within. Uh, later that day I popped it in just to be like alright I've never because I have The Rock on DVD I don't want anyone out there to think that I'm messing around as they say I have The Rock don't worry people I know it's a masterpiece you should own it uh, but my DVD copy I've watched it so many times that there are certain scenes that I just have to skip past because the disc is scratched yeah. so I was worried that the quality of the Criterion would be uh, crappy because it's you know a 20 year old disc at this point point. and uh no uh shock and awe had by all criterion makes a makes a good disc and it's the you know the image quality still there it's it's better than most dvds and uh yeah that's 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 i found one of my white whales this year that's long story
0: short too late that's awesome so yeah. this is this is a perfect time we're going to save this to the end of the podcast but Uh, We don't tell people when we invite them on, but the plan that Nick and I came up with is to give people a gift who come on the podcast and are guests. I not only have The Rock on DVD, so I'm glad you found that, the Criterion Collection of The Rock. I have Meet the Feebles on VHS that I told that I was told Nick, hey, when we get him, I will gladly send it to him so he can have Meet the Feebles on VHS and add it to your collection. What a delight. So yeah, when when we finish up here, I'll get your address and I will I will send you that, sir. So you can add that to your collection as well.
2: Excellent, thank you. Now I gotta You're pull. Welcome. I'll have to pull my VCR out of storage.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. I listened to you when you guessed it on. Uh, what was it? The only movie podcast ever? Oh or something yeah, the like only that.
2: podcast about movies. Yeah.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Which kudos to them for cornering the market. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I heard you. <laughs> I heard oh, that's you right. I ta- I
2: ta- I talked about my white whales on that one too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, and I and I heard you say I think that when you do eventually watch Meet the Feebles, you want to watch it on VHS specifically. So I am hoping this uh, makes that wish come true for you. Um, i I it, it will, and
2: I can't wait. My heart,
0: Damn. my heart is warmed this Christmas research, season, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I was pleased to see you, you, you on that. I, uh, you know, I've uh, I listened to one of our other film school graduates, uh, Emmy nominee actually, Amy Athnos. Uh, oh yes. Uh, when she was on uh, Studio Noise or something like that, and so she posted about it. So I was I'm always uh, intrigued to hear people on, uh, you know, the podcast they get to guest on. So I was I was psyched
2: yeah i was actually supposed to return to that podcast yesterday uh to Ooh. talk about cats but oh jeez i was not able to see cats in time to be on the podcast, so i had to i had to pass and uh sometime in the new year i'll i'll, I'll go back for something else but uh
0: that's uh that's quite the duo they'd have you do the greasy strangler and then cats
2: yeah i was i was hoping to be uh the guest that they brought in to watch all the really weird movies mm-hmm yeah but
0: yeah, um, yeah. anyway Yeah, I uh, I, uh, sometimes guest on the Get Your Film Fix podcast uh, that uh, Lee Carlo and, and Jeremy Fisk and Chapin Hemingway do, and they're doing a 1999 retrospective and they had me on for a couple, but they also had me on for the Phantom Menace. So I was like, "Oh, thanks a lot, guys! <laughs> I get to well, rewatch this piece of shit." Uh, well,
2: uh, uh, unfortunately, you're preaching to the wrong choir because I oh. love the Phantom Menace. <laughs> oh, oh boy! And I'm sorry. and I have not seen Rise of Skywalker yet, but uh, as much as I love Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, I have a feeling, in my very patient, mustache twirling way that in the long run, people will appreciate the prequels much, much more now that this new trilogy is out. And I'll be like, I know, I told you people all along they were fine <laughs> films, and you guys were just a bunch of snobs.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's quite the spectrum they seem to, to fall on. I've, I'm hearing very uh, not good things about the newest one. I, I will say, of all these new Star Wars movies they've made, Rogue One has probably been my favorite, which I would have thought was a, a ludicrous if you told me the prequel that they made was would be one of my my favorites
2: yeah um yeah so of, of, of the new trilogy of, of the newer star wars movies solo was easily my least favorite
0: okay yep yeah i can it, see that It
2: it's just you know eh, meh yeah. it, i can't say it was bad but i can say it was meh
0: yeah i i haven't really been on board for any of the newer ones except Rogue one and i guess the force awakens that was would probably take the second spot for me Mm -hmm. i would agree with solo and last jedi where i just felt like it was just on i really wasn't invested really wasn't that into either of them so the Mm -hmm. man i think is the perfect perfect encapsulation of, uh, of those two
2: Well, uh, I know once again, uh, shock and awe, I am in the opposite camp here, but I actually thought last Jedi was, was one of the best, if not in the top three of all of them for me.
0: Oh, okay.
2: And I, and, and to, to put it out there, my, the top three star Wars movies for me that I would say are all pretty equal in terms of, of how much I like them. I'd say empire strikes back revenge of the Sith and the last Jedi are my favorites.
0: Wow! So the original doesn't crack the, crack the top three for you?
2: No, man. It's kind of boring. Wow.
0: Oh, no, okay. what am I talking? What am I talking about? The original Star, the original New Hope is great.
2: It's a great movie. It's a it's a masterpiece of filmmaking, and I love it. But I enjoy the others more. Okay, that's I don't know fair. Why, yeah, I don't know. Why, there's no other way I can slice it. If if I'm on a Saturday and I got nothing to do and I want to watch a Star Wars movie, I'm gonna go to those three first. Uh, and then probably, ah, oh God, I am really not putting the right vibes out here, but f- number four for me, I'm sorry, Attack of the Clones, I gotta go there. I wow. love that movie. I love Attack wow. of the Clones.
0: Nick, what are your crazy hot takes about movies? it <laughs> or Star Wars specifically? Star Wars specifically? The-
1: um, you're asking the wrong person, man. I haven't seen <laughs> a Star Wars movie since Force Awakens, and I really don't feel like I've missed too much, um... And I, I like Star Wars. I grew up with Star Wars. I love Star Wars. My, you know, my dad and I watched all the Star Wars movies. Um, I just, man, I got Star Wars fatigue early, I guess.
0: Sure. Well, it's I easy to get the Star Wars it. fatigue with? Yeah, I mean, it's it feels pretty easy to get Star Wars fatigue with the way Disney's releasing them so exactly. fast here. Yeah. Uh, and sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the. T- I, I actually like these hot takes, Matt. <laughs> no, they're so. Are cool. well,
2: uh i'm uh, it, it has become my um uh, what's uh, not the, the word on the street about me is i i always have the weirdest takes i'm mm-hmm. i'm i'm contrarian in a positive way if that if okay. that makes sense i'm not going to say I that like a movie Matt's that everyone
1: takes they're unique <laughs> they're not they're not weird
2: yeah, um, John John Marbley, my my partner, who I made UberX with and uh, a bunch of other shorts with, he always gets a kick out of the fact that whenever we talk about sequels. I'm he's never surprised by the fact that I almost always say eh, I like the second one better.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So is, does that do you feel like that tends to hold true over most franchises that you watch? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And that's and
2: and and what it boils down to, to me for, with that is, for the most part, obviously not all second movies are great. I'm not a madman over here, um, <laughs> but uh, I I enjoy when a first movie has a really incredible world and a really incredible concept, and unfortunately, mm. some of like the hero's journey. Gets in the way of that. Where like it it ha- it has to operate in this way, where the main character slowly discovers the intricacies of the world that 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 they've entered, and the the fully realized version of this character of this hero really doesn't get to have any fun with that concept until the last act of the movie. So when we get to part two, then it's like okay, these characters you the audience understand the world that we've created now we're really going to explore it and it's not about whether or not Neo knows Kung Fu he knows Kung Fu what can he do now and that to me is always more enjoyable because that is typically when the filmmakers are the filmmakers and the writers are, are let off the leash and it's like what really can we do let's push this to the limits and that's why I typically tend to like part twos even though I know it makes me a crazy person I know no, think no
1: that's interesting i I. <laughs> The flip side of that, and I guess it depends. You're talking about movies that are successful enough to, to get a sequel. I feel like those are not to generalize, but often like bigger tentpole movies, right? Um, yes. Um, at least the ones that I think we're talking about here. Um, uh, and for those, I, I, for me, often the most appealing part of those movies is not the characters. It's the world building. So I, I don't always. Think that the first one is better. Um, I can think of maybe not off the top of my head sequels that for sure I like better than the first one. But often I find like the that slow introduction into the world where it's still like a mystery and stuff is the most fascinating, and captivating part of those films. And then by by part two, it's like, well, this is old hat, and I don't care enough about the character here. Or like in the Matrix, I'm like, okay, well, part one ends with him realizing he can fucking do anything, and Superman is not an interesting character to me because he can do anything. And there's no conflict, but I wanted to learn more about the the world in the Matrix. And I guess you could argue that we went to Zion, and, and that was a whole new world. But I mean, it, it sucked. Zion was a shitty world. <laughs> uh,
2: we, uh, I, here here we go. I, I was hoping. I was just assuming that this would come up. I'm sorry. The Matrix Reloaded is my favorite Matrix. Yes. Oh, I we, love
1: it. I love yes, it. we
2: spend weight not my favorite. The mo- I, I do agree with you Nick that the movie spends way too much time in Zion and Zion is not as interesting as, as I would have hoped it was but everything that happens in the, in the matrix in that movie is just fucking dope I love it
3: I, the freeway I se- that. Uh,
2: can you name a better car chase than the freeway sequence truly sure fine Uh... The French Connection. Oh, really cool. They they did it for real, and they didn't have permits. But you know what? They, nah, I want to see. I want to see Lawrence Fishburne on top of an eighteen wheeler in rush hour. Tra- not rush hour traffic, like full speed traffic with a samurai sword. Come on.
1: I mean, so that's like also sorry. the pinnacle of like, they're like, how are we going to make this? We're going to build our own highway. It's the only way, and they did. That's yes. fucking awesome.
2: Mm-hmm. It's so awesome. I, I and, and the climax of that movie when, you know, he's sitting there with the architect and the architect is explaining that, like, this isn't the first time we've met. There's been six The Ones, you know, and this has been happening for hundreds of years now and we just like to reset. Like, that is uh, that to me was, like, a beautiful way to gut punch the audience and the main characters In a in a way, at the end of the second movie, that you would want them to like, put them in a position where, like, guess what? You won last time. You're losing this time. And I just I sat through that whole last 20 minutes of the movie, just like with my head in my hands, so excited about where it was going to go next. Unfortunately, The Matrix Revolutions was not
0: great. Mm. So I I have a question, Matt. So hit me. What about what about an original movie? that just doesn't necessarily have the, the typical hero journey. It just drops you into that character being badass. I'm thinking like John Wick. Does your sequel kind of preference uh, hold through on a movie like that? But see, John Wick still takes that, that... that Yeah, John Wick is starts
2: the movie as John Wick. Everybody knows him. He's Baba Yaga. Um, mm-hmm. But we still enter that world through him because he has to go back in. So that mm-hmm. still sort of follows those same beats. Um, I mean, James Bond is probably the best example of, like, each one of those movies, for the most part, is a first movie. But he's already James Bond, the rules are already Mm -hmm. established, all that matters is the situation that he finds himself in. Mm -hmm. There's a better example of that, let me think on it while I sip this beer, but I have a better (laughs) example, I'm sure.
0: Sure. Well, uh, so here, let me uh, jump in and let you guys know the Little Mermaids with a penis on the cover uh, tend to be sold between like five to fifteen dollars usually, but there are some that have gone for like uh, thirty-two and forty-nine dollars. Yeah, it must so, be because there's
2: so many of them.
0: Cause they, yeah, I it, it, gotta they, imagine they,
2: they went like a whole year or something like that before anybody noticed, right? It was a good
0: chunk of time, I think. Yeah, I don't know the specifics. Yeah. But yeah. <clears throat>
2: so yeah, like Nick said, it, it must just be that there's just so many copies of it available that it's not as unique as perhaps it could be. But give it yeah. twenty years. Give it twenty years when people forget what VHSs look like, and then mm-hmm. maybe they'll be worth something.
0: Yeah. yeah. So so Matt, uh, let me ask you. So we are a physical media podcast. So I guess uh, you know, how did you? get into physical media i mean we're all millennials we kind of grew up with it but i mean i guess more specifically how'd you get into like collecting specifically
2: um i sort of always have um i i I am extraordinarily thankful that i grew up with um my grandparents next door and both Mm -hmm. both my and my grandparents being my my father's parents both my father's parents and my parents were were movie lovers um you know, not not to the degree that I have become a movie lover, but they still loved movies, and my grandparents collected them. Um, and you know, uh, whenever I would go over there, I, I the first time I saw the first movies that I you know became obsessed with as a kid wasn't like Disney movies, although I did watch them. Uh, it was like Rogers and Hammerstein. So mm. it, as as long as I've as long as I can remember, the idea of a shelf full of movies was something that was always present in my life. Um, and when I got old enough, you know, to, to work and make my own money, I wanted to have every movie that I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I got this reputation. My nickname in, in elementary school was Movie Man because I watched a lot of movies. I could remember most of them. I could quote most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sort of became like a little bit of my persona, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, I, I was very much into having that collection of film and knowing that anything that that i loved i could easily watch and when my friends came over there was always something that i was you know ready and excited to share with them um or even let them you know like peruse the shelves and be like hey i've never seen this movie let's watch it um and it it, you know it was it was a thing that was just like a normal part of my life and then as i got older and uh didn't want to purchase every single movie that I saw. There was there was a few years in, in high school where if I saw a movie and I even remotely liked it, I would buy it. And mm-hmm. then I, you know, you run out of shelf space, and then moving to New York, especially like I really don't have a whole lot of room for movies. And some of uh, over the years, I've I've uh, gotten rid of a bunch of stuff that I'm like I'm never going to watch this again, like Proof of Life with Russell Crowe and Meg Ryan. Sure. like I watched it once when it came out, I have not watched it since, and I never feel the need to watch it again. So that was something like I donated, I let other people you know, take it or I gave it to the library or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, especially in this age of streaming where physical media is becoming less cool and it's becoming harder and harder to find, the idea of having collector's items, having things that I know are either not available on streaming or I want to share with people has become like a big part of of what my main hobby is, so my wife and I uh, have the same dream in this in this silly thing we called life, which is to eventually have the library from Beauty and the Beast. You
3: mm-hmm. know,
2: you know, imagine. Fifteen years from now, when my kid has their you know high school friends and their parents don't collect movies and they they only do streaming and they come to my house and and I hope what a wonder it will be for them to walk into our library and see like blockbuster or a video store recreated for them and I think there's just something more uh, special about being able to go through shelves and physically pick something up, look at the artwork, read what the description is. Um, and it's more special to me than just like scrolling through endless Netflix menus and forgetting what the hell you looked at five minutes ago and you can't decide something. Mm. Um, and, and also like I've, I've because I don't buy every single movie that I I watch anymore now for me as a filmmaker who, who is actually doing that for a living, which I'm, I'm glad I can say that, uh, it is also important for me to have things that are very influential to me that I need to reference uh, available on hand at all times
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, you know there's there's been a few jobs where I've, I've gotten that I've gotten over the years where I've needed to do like a, a, a parody trailer or something like that and if it's not streaming or if I don't have the streaming service that that particular movie's on that I have to parody it's frustrating to me so to know that I have certain things that like I'm going to need to touch point stylistically need to have as a touch point stylistically I just like having it you know Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know Jay, Jay Leno has his his cars. I have my films.
0: <laughs> well, you you have a, a much better excuse that you are a working filmmaker and and need the the touch points. Where uh, I think we all sort of have that we want to have all of the. We want to have that library in Beauty and the Beast, like you you talk about. You put it far more eloquently than than I could. That was a really beautiful description, by the way. Oh, um, thank you. And and uh, but you you at least have a leg- legitimate excuse in that you are a filmmaker and you need to <laughs> you need to have the uh, reference points for it. Uh, well, I should only speak for myself. Excuse me. Uh, Nick is a filmmaker too. I, I am no longer. Uh, I am uh, a, a librarian now. Uh, but that's. Uh, that's really that's really cool. I, I, I feel like I, I at least like connected with a lot of that. I grew up uh, the same thing. Although I, there weren't a ton of people in my family who were as into movies as I was, mm-hmm. um, but I mean I I, I loved from an early age. We didn't live near any uh, of my extended family. I have sixteen aunts and uncles <coughs> and countless cousins because my dad's one of eight kids. Uh, uh, my mother everyone... my mother's the same. My mother's one of nine. I have twenty six. Oh,
2: wow. I have uh, twenty six cousins on my mother's side.
0: Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, it's... But we, we were the only ones who lived in New England. Everyone else lived in Florida, pretty much. So, they were, like, you know, all the way uh, on the other side... Well, not the other side, down south, uh, compared to us. So, But I remember my, my dad, I think, had uh, at some point invested in a video store that uh, didn't last very long or something like that. And so, we had these boxes of tapes down in the uh, garage... And I had a little tiny, like, 12-inch television. It didn't even have um, the uh, the RCA connections in the back. Or, or even a coaxial, excuse me. What it had was these two screws that you had to get an adapter to plug the coaxial from your VCR into. I had that, too. <laughs> you did, too? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So i had that and i would watch all of these tapes uh from uh down in the garage from this uh, defunct video store and uh that that i think really kind of because that was like when i was like 12. so it was like the perfect time to be going through and, and doing all of that as i mean i'd loved movies up until then but then i now i had my own tv to watch them on uh and it just like infused this love and then as soon as i started working in video stores when i was 16 I have an employee discount. I can buy a bunch of used stuff, which is even cheaper, plus with an employee discount. So I was just, like, getting all of these, like, movies. And, you know, it was originally on VHS. Then it was DVD. And now I'm kind of kicking myself and wishing I still had, like, all of my Friday the 13th tapes on VHS or all of my Nightmare tapes, you know, that sort of thing. So because I pretty much moved away from VHS into DVD. And I still have most of my DVDs. But now I'm like, God, I really wish I'd held on to especially a lot of that horror on VHS because now yeah. it's going for so much money. <coughs> um, stuff that used to be considered common tapes like your Fridays or your nightmares can be mm-hmm. going for like, you know, 20, 30 bucks a, a, a pop. Um, so it's, uh, you know, I I, I want to have those artifacts as well. And it's funny you talk about having like your own video store because – that's become like a thing now there's there's a whole bunch of people who are now recreating that a video store like in their basement or in some part of their house and they're like posting youtube videos and and having their own podcasts about it and um it's become this whole thing with this you know nostalgia we all have for that piece of our culture that has disappeared essentially yeah actually i think nostalgia video
1: is the handle of um one of those people on instagram so shout out to to him or her Um, yeah you're right
0: yeah (coughs) They've got well, it in their
1: think,
2: basement. It's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, 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 there was a video on Facebook that was like 15 minutes long, but it was just like this slow tour of, of this guy's basement where he'd recreated the video rental store so much so that he had shelves and on, on the ends of the shelves there were, uh, you know, collector's collectors' toys and, and figurines and whatnot. So like it really it really was like the the real place. Um I mean, part of the reason for me is is not necessary. It's not just nostalgia. Um, you know, There there is something to be said about wanting to hold on to where we came from and, and, and what made us what we are. But also, when my kids are old enough to, uh, you know, ha- hopefully have an interest in film... Good God... I- Please help me if I end up with a child who loves <laughs> sports. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, but if I if if my kids are as into film as, as I hope and, and and assume that they will be, um, I you know I have this hope that Friday nights Saturday nights will be you know video store night or or, or vid, video you know movie night, and mm-hmm. instead of again instead of scrolling through Netflix, which I I've seen many articles about um, the uh, paralysis of choice that Netflix mm-hmm. has created. People just scroll endlessly for hours without picking anything. And I think that's part, of, you know, that's a, the short-term memory thing for sure. Um, but, you know, when I would go to Blockbuster, I'd walk through the racks. I'd start at one end of the new release shelf and I'd make my, all, my way all the way to the end before I went into the older stuff. But anything that I saw that I might be interested in, I would grab. And at the end, you know, before I made my final decision, I'd have a stack and I'd pick two out of that stack. And mm-hmm. I want them to be able to have that choice and I want them to be able to look at cover art which Netflix is just abysmal with um, Mm -hmm. and you know maybe make their choices based on hey the cover of this movie has this really muscular guy who in one arm he's got a shotgun and in the other arm he's got a chainsaw and there's some weird you know mutilated guy above him like you know uh, oh god opaque or something like that what is this movie and to me you know that's Army of Darkness and that's why it's Army Mm. of Darkness because the cover art was so cool um, so yeah, I, I I want them to be engaged in art in a physical way, um, m- more so than you would get through just scrolling through a screen.
0: Well, I I hope that's the case for you. I I I can only speak from my current experience with my daughter, who is two. But she she she's just kind of old enough now that she can pay attention for like entire movies, and she she loves it. We. We just watched Abominable from Redbox. Oh, how was it? <laughs> the other day. Uh, actually, not as bad as I was <coughs> expecting. It, it was. It was actually kind of rather enjoyable. Um, nothing too particularly deep or amazing, but I had some nice um, heartfelt scenes and um, some heart heartwarming scenes. So um, I actually got I more than I expected from it. Nice. Um, but but i have like a bunch of kids movies as well and so she has been watching like frozen and the secret life of pets or uh moana you know things like that and uh we kind of have our own like little movie night <coughs> on the weekends um so if I, I i hope your kids will be as uh into it uh as as you are but i think uh Especially if you start them young, it's just so like fun and novel to be watching mm-hmm. a movie at home with mom and dad. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah especially what? Especially, go, go ahead, Dick. No, no, no. No, you, you,
1: go for
2: it. No, I, I was just going to say, especially that it's something that they picked out themselves.
1: Yes. Right.
2: Yeah, I want to. I, I want to let them. I want to. You know, I don't want to indoctrinate them a hundred percent. At least eighty nine percent indoctrination <laughs> will occur. <laughs> but I want eleven. I want eleven percent of their film going. Uh, Decisions to be based on what they find fascinating. Uh, Nick, sorry, go.
1: No, no, no. Um, I was going to say one of the first things I did, this is probably like a couple months before my son was born, I wanted to have that experience of of watching movies as a family too. I knew it wouldn't be for a couple years, but um, I happened to be looking for Shining Things on eBay. It's not like a surprise. I was looking for them. Um, and I came across this guy who had listed like 45 Disney VHS tapes. And he was selling them for like 40 bucks. And I was like, oh, my wife is going to kill me for taking up all this room with these tapes. But that's fucking awesome. Like, I want to have 45 <coughs> yeah. Disney movies. Um, a, because that's like my childhood right there, 45 Disney VHS tapes, and B, like, it's cool that they came from a household where this guy did the exact same thing. Like, his yeah. kid had grown mm-hmm. up, and that's why he was getting rid of these. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that history.
2: Yeah. Uh, we. My wife and I were talking about this today. I, I think it might actually be kind of fun for, like, the kid's playroom, eventually, if they, you know, to to have, like, a TV-VCR combo in there, and the only thing that's in there are VHSs.
3: Mm-hmm. And if, you know, Ooh, if, if they
2: awesome. want to watch a movie on, if they want to watch a movie on their own, they, they can pop that in or something like that. Um... This is something that I want to ask you two guys, because uh, you are, are closer to the um, point of ch- showing your children film than I am. Um, so you, you watched Abominable with your, your daughter, and that's great. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, current movies that come out, you're going to want to watch with them as soon as possible. I'm going to try pretty hard to start them with traditional 2D animation before I show them anything CG animated. Okay. Because I do, I, I you know again that that it's stuff that I grew up with, and I don't want to be strict about that. But I also don't want the you know I don't I don't want there to come a time where there's a choice between Aladdin and Shrek, and they choose Shrek just because they like the pictures better,
0: you know? Okay, that's yeah, fair. yeah. I I think that's totally fair. I I will say, I mean, we've sort of graduated to movies. She has been watching TV, specifically Sesame Street, and. Uh-huh shows like uh, Llama Llama uh, (laughs) which is on Netflix but that's that's 2D animation Uh, and a lot of the animated segments that Sesame Street does are 2D as well (laughs) Um, so I definitely get the the worry about starting them off with more current movies because of the the more in-depth not in-depth you know what I mean the the computer generated uh, animation uh, has a different look and feel than than regular 2D cell animation um, and,
2: and yeah it it's it's that and it's also especially with movies like despicable me there's mm-hmm. there's a freneticness to them that I think is not a great thing to start with because if you take despicable me and then you compare it to a movie that I loved as a kid like uh the rescuers or something like that the rescuers sure. by comparison is really boring because it it's mm-hmm. slow it's pay, you know or the jungle book the, the, these are movies that that are slower and because it was hand-drawn animation you know the shots don't move as quickly as as they do now and i don't know if i necessarily want my kids to think that the minions are the standard for what quality animated films are you know
0: yeah no i i totally get that i totally get that yeah
1: i'd say my biggest concern with all this actually didn't wind up being that like it so it was an accident, really. Like, I, I kind of felt the same way about um, showing our son um, like classics um, and, and 2D animation and things I grew up with. Uh, and what he watches is almost entirely dictated by, unfortunately, when we'll let him watch some stuff. Um, like we, uh-huh. my wife and I, we were really trying hard not to, not to get him into, into TV and screen time um, early yeah. on. But uh, like when you're trying to do something like brush their teeth, Um, They need a distraction and that distraction was like YouTube videos on our phone and now I'm more worried about his attention span I genuinely don't think Mm. he's gonna have the patience to watch a full movie Um, Like we've gotten him to watch some like half-hour TV episodes (coughs) But um, Uh the idea of watching a single thing for more than five minutes before it changes and becomes something else visually interesting is challenging And it's because of the YouTube generation it's tough
0: yeah, I, so not that this is a like uh, parenting podcast or anything, but Nick, what I will say is, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry I've so, done this. I've done no, this. No, no, no. <laughs> but uh, but like when we do my da- our, my daughter's hair, um, we used to we we often sometimes will put the phone in front of her because she likes to flip through and everything as well. But one thing we've known we've noticed too is if we just move everything downstairs where like into the living room and have Sesame Street on, so it's like one show instead of her constantly changing to the next video uh you know on youtube on the phone um she will stay put and like get dressed uh, let us get her dressed and let us do her hair and everything watching an episode of that as opposed to that like much quicker uh shorter attention span uh videos on youtube oh that's awesome okay that's that's something you might want to try yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> so um, anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh,
2: I, I I will allow us to quickly transition out of this this parenting podcast that we've that we've started here. But I, I want to add one one final thing, which is everything that I just said about showing my kids like two D animated movies and trying to start with that is all high and mighty and whatnot. But I know in my heart of hearts, I can't, I literally cannot wait until I can show them how to train your dragon. Or Kung Fu Panda and stuff like that. Because those are movies that are... Yeah, they're CG animated, but I love them so goddamn much. I can't wait to share them with my kids. So so I don't want to sound like I'm some curmudgeon, stick-in-the-mud asshole who's only going to be like, No, we have to start with Snow White, and then we will move to the next film, which is Dumbo. like I mean, obviously yep. they're going to watch those, ki- those movies too, but also... Again, as soon as I can, you you guys want to you want to watch How to Train Your Your Dragon and watch your dad cry for ninety minutes?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no, I I, I hear you. Um, I I think it, the whole thing is just like, oh God, this sounds. It's just a fun, not journey. I hate the you know. It's just a fun experience getting to introduce them to movies. Period. Yeah, you know, like I, the first time we actually put a full movie on for Marin. I, I don't know exactly which one. Well, it might not have been the first one, but when we were watching Moana, we literally, we, it was like a Friday night. We'd gotten pizza. We From the big pieces of pizza, we cut little smaller triangle pieces pieces for her. And she was literally watching it, and she just kept the tip of the pizza in her mouth for like two minutes straight staring at the TV because she was so entranced. And <laughs> it was like the funnest experience ever, seeing how much enjoyment she was getting out of watching a movie. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah. But it's you'll, whenever you you... Guys, you know, have a kid and start introducing them to to movies and stuff. It'll be it'll be a fun experience, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll transition us out real quick. And, and this is something that
2: I'm curious if if you guys have the same opinion in terms of your, your collection. <clears throat> um, in this age of streaming, I I have incredible pride uh, in my collection, especially in the films that I know that are not available on Hulu or iTunes or Amazon or Netflix. So uh, I have I have pride in the fact that I have them, whether they be on DVD, VHS, or Blu-ray. And when I you know have friends who are like, oh, I've never seen it. I can't find it streaming anywhere. Well, you know what, motherfucker, I have it. If you want to borrow it, you can. That and that is always my biggest fear in this age of streaming is now things are starting to get sectioned off. Amazon has it, Netflix doesn't. Or Disney Mm Plus has it, Netflix doesn't. And the only way you can see it is you have to pay $8 a month now. Which is like one of the reasons why I never got Spotify. I only buy music, uh, you know, a new album like once every couple of months, but I don't spend that much money on music. I'm not going to be beholden to a monthly subscription fee just to listen to the four albums I listen to on a regular basis. Mm Mm-hmm. So no, and wait,
0: wait. I, I, I'm i with you 100% on that. And, oh, you know, you mentioned that, you know, we're, we're getting cordoned off to all these different streaming services, but, I mean, there's plenty of movies that none of them have streaming. Yeah. I mean, you know, I have a subscription to Shudder, but there's tons of horror movies that Shudder does not have that I'm very happy I have my, you know, collection of because I can watch them whenever I want. Exactly. And this year I actually uh, set up a Plex Media server so I can actually – make a digital version of my movie and take it with me if i want to watch it because we're traveling somewhere or whatever or i'm not going to have a, a a place to watch it and that's my own streaming service of my movies that i can watch whenever i want exactly so yeah it's i i take great pride in that as well and honestly you know even if even if like shutter got dawn of the dead well i have like the four disc uh dvd set that has like the theatrical cut, the European cut, the, you know, direct, you know, all these different cuts of it, who knows what is going to show up on, you know, shutter or Netflix or whatever, if they end up getting it. And if, so they, do, like if they do, if they do get
2: it, they're going to have to pay for a license. That's going to expire at some point.
0: Exactly. And
2: then it disappears off their service to, you know, go back in the Disney vault or, or in another, you know, or another service. Mm-hmm.
3: So
2: I thought, fi- you know, I find, I find this whole age, like it's convenient. It's amazing. It's wonderful technology, but also there is, a fear that I have that there is going to be a lot of film that is worth watching that's just going to disappear.
0: Oh, I agree with that 100%. I'm really worried actually looking forward that so much is going to be created from um, streaming entities like a Netflix or Amazon Prime and they aren't going to get their physical media releases. I mean, it's it's really great that... uh, the Haunting of Hill House is getting uh, the director's cut on Blu-ray, and it's awesome that Stranger Things has been put on there. But, I mean, I think the majority of stuff that is Netflix originals is not coming to physical media. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think I don't think Netflix is going to go down the tank for a while, if it ever does, but, I mean, there's a possibility that a lot of that's either going to disappear or, you know, pe- people are going to buy their library in, in sections and chunks if Netflix goes out of business, and then you've got to pay for however many other services to watch what you wanted to watch originally
2: yeah there's um there was a subscription service that i uh i cut a a show for called seesaw that was netflix uh, mm-hmm. not, not nbc's first foray into streaming um yep. and it didn't last long and it died and one of the shows that was one of their originals was a show called thing starter that i absolutely mm. loved and now that ciso has gone uh, there's literally no way for me to watch that show
0: is that is that not up on iTunes? Because I know Bajillion Dollar Properties was another one of their big ones right. that I really enjoyed, and it, I think the fourth season like finally got released on some service, which I think was iTunes, but I'm not sure. But you had to buy it basically. I'm actually. Gonna but look it thing, up right now. thing starter didn't go up on there. Okay. Let me see. Of uh, course, of course, if, we're talking if, about if this. it
2: is, then I'm going to, of course, insert foot into mouth. Nope,
0: I just looked up thing
2: starter, couldn't find it.
0: Okay, so, yeah, you're absolutely right.
2: Unless it's two words.
0: But we should also point out, even if you buy, even if it is on there and you buy Things Starter on iTunes, you're really just buying a lease to the movie. Yeah. You're not actually purchasing a full copy that you get to keep as long as you'd like. I mean, there have been a number of instances where, whether it's on iTunes or whether it's on, um, like, uh, the ebook Kindle store where, you know, books you quote unquote purchased, uh, were taken out of your library, um because they no longer had the rights for them.
2: Yeah, that happened with uh, iTunes a couple of years ago, too. There was, like, albums from Canada or something that this person mm-hmm. had, and then because they lost the rights to it, they lost their albums. Yep. <coughs> so, yeah.
1: Yeah. They've, they've been but, pretty good about that so far. That's my fear, too. I think a lot of services have... have um, When they've revoked those properties from their, like, digital storefronts, have... Given people who would already purchased it one more opportunity to download it if they'd taken it out on their end, um, and to keep forever basically as long as it was on their hard drive. But again, then if your hard drive dies, if your account gets lost or something, then you're out of luck.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which is which is rough. Yeah, um,
2: yeah there there was uh, there was an article that came out a few years ago talking about how the 21st century is potential has the potential to be a lost century. Because mm-hmm. now that, you know, print, print media, newspapers and whatnot are not a thing anymore and people are buying ebooks and whatnot, if there ever comes that doomsday where all the, you know, the internet shut down or servers shut down or hard drives go bad, there's no way to find this stuff again. And it is, it is a worry for historical record. Uh, that, you yep. know... This,
0: oh, is, this is my world you're talking So I, I introduced myself as a librarian earlier. I, I'm actually more specifically an archivist. And this is absolutely something people do not understand. Yes, we are creating more information than we've ever created before, but it is not as um, solidified for historical uh, safekeeping uh, because so much of it is digital and because so much of it is in the hands of private companies and so much of it, it can be lost due to format obsolescence. Yeah. Um, You know, I mean, when I digitize things in the archive I work at, you know, we scan it to a PDF. And I'm sure PDF will be the format we use for a while. But who knows in, like, 20 years if PDF is still going to be a viable format. Uh So then we have to migrate all of these files from different formats. I mean, it's like trying to open a Word document from, like, 2002. Yeah. We're we're almost 18 years beyond that. Or good 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 luck if what you need is on a floppy disk. Exactly. Exactly. So we actually, you know, we have like all of these legacy decks in the archive to record things from vinyl records, from cassette tapes, from mini DV or SVHS or VHS or whatever, because we have stuff in a bunch of those formats in our in our archive. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I there there was also another article that was talking about Blu-rays in general as being. Uh, Because Blu-rays have much more storage capacity, Um, they're a more Mm -hmm. viable uh, backup uh, alternative than hard drives are. Because hard drives, you have to keep them cool, you have to make sure that they're in the right environment and all that, and they also require power. Whereas Blu-rays, they're small, you can put a lot of stuff on them and they just sit in a room. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was like, the the article was basically saying like, don't worry, Blu-rays aren't going anywhere because people are using them for more data backup than than they are traditional hard drives.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's... um. There's also this idea that, you know, with everything being put online, that it's just going to be available forever, because we have this idea that, you know, what's written on the internet is written in ink. But it's really not the case. Yeah. I mean, if... You know, my I mentioned the Get Your Film Fix podcast. We had a site too. That site is no longer exists. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to see anything from it, you have to go to the Internet Archive and use the Wayback Machine, mm. and that's only going to be spot checked at certain dates that it like grabbed it. You know, yeah. got- uh, otherwise it disappeared. And even that's like your- the
1: homepage. Like it's it's tough on the Wayback Machine to even dig a little deeper than that front page. Exactly,
0: unless you know exactly, unless you know the exact URL you're going to. Uh, you're mostly going to be getting a homepage. Right, and even then I
1: feel like they, the, the things that aren't homepages, they tend to take snapshots of much less frequently because that's mm-hmm. not where people are going to be looking. So you, you'll maybe have um, – you, you get like a fraction of, of the available dates that you would from, from the main site. But, yeah. yeah. Yep. All,
2: all that matters to me is that Zombo.com – Never goes anywhere. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that is.
0: Brantley, Brantley, are you familiar with Zombo.com? Uh, I do not. No, I am not.
2: You, as soon as this podcast is over, go to Zombo.com and
0: please just enjoy yourself. Okay. Is this anything I should be in incognito mode for? No,pe not at all. Okay. Okay. Not all right. All right. right. A relic
1: of the early internet. Um, It's 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 fantastic. Uh, okay. so, you know,
2: let's 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 not uh, let's not hide hide it here. Uh, we don't want to do the uh, the Damon Lindelof take the ending out so nobody knows what the hell's going on. Um, so, so ZomboCom is a website you go to. It has a spinning pinwheel at the homepage um, to indicate that the website is loading, but the website itself never actually loads. It's just <laughs> a, it's just a recording telling you how amazing ZomboCom is and how wonderful this place is going to be for you, but you never actually get there. To quote Zombo.com, okay. to quote Zombo-com, you hear this: "Welcome to Zambokam. Anything is okay. possible
3: at Zombo.com.
2: I. It's so so wonderful.
0: Nice. <laughs> well, I will definitely check that out then. Uh, once we uh, once we wrap up here." Uh, well, let's transit. We've talked a lot about. I mean, I didn't even have to ask you many questions, Matt, because you had such eloquent answers to so many of uh, the stuff that we usually get into about physical media and. Collecting. Oh,
2: stop! You flatter too much, darling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, I realized because you know we're, we're we're close to Christmas here, it's close to the end of the year. Um, I kind of threw out the idea of maybe discussing some of our, our favorite things of the year, whether it's sure. physical media or not, or like our favorite movies, shows, whatever. Um, and I don't know if I didn't... I didn't put an order to mine. I figured we'd just kind of go around and talk about some of the stuff we were uh, happy about this year or psyched about. And yeah. I, if you've got some stuff, Matt, you want to kick us off?
2: Yeah, stuff, stuff worthy of adding to the collection. <coughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll start off with two. I mean, the, the first one that needs no discussing, obviously... I haven't purchased it yet because I know that it'll come in one Christmas package, but I haven't gotten Avengers Endgame on Blu-ray, but that is a must. I'm a huge Marvel fan. Mm-hmm. I don't have all of them because not all of them are worth owning, but I have most of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is one that like absolutely must have. The biggest movie of all time? Yeah, I gotta have a copy of that. Um, the nice. The other movie this year that I can't Talk about enough, and I want everyone to see it because it is absolutely stupendous. And probably my second favorite movie of the year, if not my favorite movie of the year, is Crawl, which is the alligator movie from over the summer. Mm -hmm. It is so beautiful in its simplicity and so masterful in its execution that I, I can't recommend it highly enough. It's just a simple situation, father and daughter stuck in a house during a hurricane, and because the house is flooding, alligators have swam in. And now they're stuck in a house they can't get out of because there's a hurricane outside, but there's also alligators inside. What the hell do you do? It is two hours of—no, I think it's 90 minutes. It's 90 minutes of pure suspense, incredible tension— an expert, expert level filmmaking, please watch it as soon as possible. I will have it in my collection, so if you can't find it streaming, come over to my, uh, to my house and we can watch it.
0: Both awesome picks. I uh, I have a question. Did you prefer Endgame more than Infinity War? Or between those two, do you have a preference?
2: Alright, you ready for this? Dude, it's the, yeah. it's the same movie, okay? They're just oh. on different discs,
0: alright? It's okay. just part two.
2: <laughs> Uh no I I no I I yeah that that's that's one movie where, that's two movies that is actually one movie where I can't say I prefer one or the other because, if I preferred one or the other I'm talking about half a movie, mm. and that's not a whole thing. Gotcha. It's it's like trying gotcha. to say it's like trying to say which Lord of the Rings do you like the best? I don't
0: know. It's all one
2: movie, man. They're just diff- you know they're separated. There's intermissions.
0: Hey, uh, totally fair. I I I I. I tend to prefer Endgame a little more I think personally I think the writing was more consistent throughout I had some issues with some of the writing of certain characters in Infinity War Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean I get the idea that we're introducing time travel makes it kind of (coughs) squiggy or whatever but I also feel like it's just such a harder you're ending this massive like phase that everything from Marvel has been building up to since then Mm -hmm. so you have this monumental task uh and i think it's a lot harder to stick that landing than to start that in the infinity war yeah um that preceded it so uh, i tended to prefer endgame a little bit more but that's me but i totally agree with crawl crawl was fantastic Fantastic. And, uh I, I think i picked that up for like nine or ten bucks during uh black friday because i was like i gotta own this too yeah that was great
2: uh nick your turn
0: yeah uh yeah.
1: i'm still thinking man um I think you should go if
0: you have some choices. Sure. Sure. So so this is not specifically physical media, although I'm sure a lot of this stuff will get physical media, but I am very happy with the post-Game of Thrones HBO slate that has come down. Because mm-hmm. during Game of Thrones, the whole big joke was that, oh, everyone's going to cancel their HBO subscription as soon as Game of Thrones is over. John Oliver was making that joke the whole time, you know, on HBO, on Last Week Tonight. Yep, yep. And <laughs> no, what, 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 they What, what have... would
2: he say? Like, in two weeks, this
0: network is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. But they, honestly, like, so much that they've released since then has just knocked it out of the park for me. I mean, Righteous Gemstones, Chernobyl. I really enjoyed Watchmen. My wife and I both. My wife has no idea what Watchmen was beforehand, and I kind of didn't really tell her that much, and she enjoyed it just as much as I did, and I had reread the Watchmen graphic novel before the the show had started. Um, You had the final season of Silicon Valley, the new season of Miss Fletcher, and perhaps my favorite thing that they released uh, since Game of Thrones, which was uh, Los Spookies, which was hilarious. And so, I mean, for anyone who's a fan of horror, and just like, is not someone who makes films themselves, but like, has this energy about them, and just like, wants to find a creative outlet like Losa spookys just like hit home like so like perfectly it was so funny so sweet so heartfelt so like absurdist at times it was great and I haven't even started His Dark Materials and I hear that that's phenomenal as well so I'm sure a lot of this is going to get physical media releases this is <laughs> you know HBO at their streaming uh, that I've been watching it on but that's that's the one thing I thought was really top notch this year
2: Um, yeah I haven't since Game of Thrones, besides John Oliver and Bill Maher, uh, I haven't really watched anything on HBO. I I I was I wanted Watchmen to come out and I wanted it to be completed before I started mm-hmm. it because I wanted to hear a is it good and worth watching mm-hmm. uh, and also mm-hmm. like uh, I really was so into Game of Thrones and also I am into Westworld. As mm-hmm. as much as I'll, I'll rail against streaming, and I, you know it is great, but I do, I do think the age of waiting a week between episodes. I it, I don't I, I don't have the patience for that shit anymore, man. Hmm. I'm not gonna you know I I'm not a binger. I don't watch an entire season in one night, but I'd like to be able to watch at least two episodes a night. Yeah. So so uh, you know and and I I felt like something like Westworld where it was all about mysteries and whatnot. The the first season of that show. Got completely undone because you had a bunch of trolls sitting there trying to figure out what the mystery was instead of sh- sitting back and being patient and letting it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, something like Watchmen. I was like, I will watch it when it's done, and I will watch it at my own pace because I don't want to yes. be I don't want to be engaged with it and engaged with other people and then hear other people theorizing. And then you mm-hmm. know you have what happened at the end of Game of Thrones where everyone's like, it's not what I had in mind. I'm angry.
0: Yeah. Well, I I will say avoiding spoilers and what people are theorizing becomes like a sport in and of itself when you can't watch it right after it comes out oh i deleted so, facebook is, man. oh i don't have facebook either but like i mean i can't go on instagram like which i know is owned by facebook but you know what i mean like i can't even go on there sometimes without people talking about it or whatever but when you have a kid <laughs> like it becomes a sport because you're not gonna be able to watch it even if it comes out You know, once a week, sometimes on the night you want to watch it. Right. Um, I mean, sometimes it wasn't until the next weekend that my wife and I would be watching the Watchmen episode we were looking forward to. Yeah, but then Um, you guys could watch two episodes in a row uh it was usually the following like saturday night we would really go uh, okay, watch okay, it gotcha, gotcha, so gotcha. then it's like when is when in the next week do we have a chance to watch it yeah i have to get up pretty early because i have a commute and everything so you know it it, it could be tough trying to stay up late to finish that but i will say i really liked watchmen i know a lot of people while well, it's being astroturfed by white supremacists and racists and stuff uh but a lot of people, you know, they have issues with it, of course. I totally understand. I mean, I get it. Like, people love Alan Moore's original graphic novel. I really love it, too. It's uh, it's brilliant. It's so dense and, like, amazing. But I love the world building in this new uh, Watchmen TV show. And just, like, this idea of, like, what would this world look like in 2019 if it just continued on from um, the 1985 uh, Watchmen graphic novel? Right. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well,
2: now that it's done,
0: I'm going to check it out. Yeah, yeah, let me know
2: what you think. I I soon will will have a baby of my own, so there will be many weeks where we have nothing to do and we're stuck inside all day.
0: Yes, yes, and they'll be sleeping a lot, so that's your best chance to try to watch stuff and catch up on things because yep. you're not going to be able to leave the house to go see new movies. No. And no, by no. the way, congratulations about that. I, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't know if you wanted that to be known beforehand, but congratulations on the uh, on the new Bronsdorf that'll be joining the family.
2: Yes, thank you, man. Thank you.
0: Yeah. I didn't I didn't do much personally.
2: You know, I just I just <laughs> did genetically what I was designed to do. So. Sure. Not sure. to congratulate
0: me for yet. <laughs> gotcha alright Nick what do you got
1: um so probably nothing that actually came out this year I'm just trying to think of what because like you said I have no time to oh I did see Doctor Sleep that's literally the only movie that came out this year that I saw um Hmm. uh, so by default it is my number one of (laughs) 20. not even Um,
0: not not even like since they've come to like DVD or Blu-ray or like a streaming service you haven't like watched anything not really like at home if I have
1: time um most of what I watch at home is, is shows, our shows. Um, I have Shutter, which I, I do watch a lot. Probably nothing from this year, um, but uh, I'm trying to think of what I saw this year on Shutter. Uh, I saw The Witch in the Window on Shutter, which I really enjoyed. It's like seventy five minutes. Ooh. It's pretty good. Um, let's see. Uh, well, Matt, you and I saw Nightmare Cinema last November, but that came out this year. Why, like, publicly, and that and that's on Shudder. Yeah. that's that has its also moments.
2: like. Also, ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes, I think, too. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's great. It's a good anthology. Uh, it, it definitely has yeah. some stronger ones. David Slade's segment is is a masterpiece. I loved it. Phenomenal, phenomenal um, segment. So that's worth that's worth seeing if you have Shutter. Um, and actually, that got a really really limited VHS release. Speaking of physical media, I, I got I got that. There's like fifty copies, um, and um, so I picked that up. That was cool. And then. Uh, yeah I read some old books I read the first two Roger Rabbit novels which are great um, those are two of my favorite things this year um, nice hmm. yep yeah, who censored Roger Rabbit and who plugged Roger Rabbit those are interesting um, and there's a third which I should check out soon but yeah that's pretty much it it's been a pretty slow no. slow media consumption year I gotta be honest
2: yeah there there haven't been a lot of great movies that's you know there, there's there haven't been a lot of great movies that I would want to add to my collection this year, which is disappointing because you know, at the end of the year during Christmas time, I, I, you know, I love to put stuff on my list for, for Christmas gifts, but there really wasn't much this year. Yeah. Uh, Mm. The only thing that I'm hoping from this year gets like a really proper, really cool release is now that it chapter two is out. I would like there to be a really fancy looking box set for both of those movies together as one, but there's, there's, like a uh, Best Buy has one, but like the cover art sucks, and uh, it seems like something they just put out to put out instead of actually putting a lot of pride into the release of it. Gotcha. But uh, I'm there. They, I, I wouldn't say that I like it. It chapter two more than it chapter one, but I liked it chapter two, and I know that makes me uh, a rarity in this world.
0: No, I liked it too. I mean, they're like you're saying they're continuations of the same movie in a sense just jumping forward in time like we discussed with some of the other stuff but you know it's 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 a continuation but it's kind of its own thing and i still enjoyed it for 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 what it was um and i know a lot of people were saying like you know it it wasn't as scary as the first one i thought the scares wise they were essentially on the on par yeah Yeah, there's as much like creepy weird shit in the second one as the first one to me Um oh, I
2: finally just thought of one. Okay, so here's yeah, yeah, yeah. here's a first movie that isn't about world building that the characters already established and you just drop them right into the situation. Die Hard. He, okay, the first sure. the first Die Hard isn't about his first year as a cop. He's already a cop. He's he's a damn fine cop. He's just in a mm-hmm. situ- he's in it's a fish out of water movie. But yeah. but yeah, there there there's a first one that doesn't waste time with oh, welcome to Nakatomi Plaza. And here, welcome to being a cop. Let's teach you both things at the same
0: time. That's a great example. Uh I will say, uh I, I wrote a bunch of stuff down for my list. So I don't do you guys have anything else you want to add to the list of, of the year, whether it's physical media or just like you know, things you were psyched about, period. Uh I genuinely can't think of anything. Okay. Thanks. Well, Nick, here's Here's what I want to tell you, Nick. If you have Shudder, watch the movie One Cut of the Dead. Okay. Don't read anything about it, and just keep watching it as it goes. Because it starts off real weird and (coughs) seemingly stiff and wooden, but you get why after a little bit so just watch that and keep going and don't don't it's on shutter now exclusively if that gets a physical media release in the u.s i may pick it up uh just because i love that movie so much um it's not it's sort of a horror movie sort of not and you'll you'll get what i mean once you watch it so i i would watch that all right yeah and And uh, I was going to wanted to give a shout out to a couple other horror movies this year. I I don't have time to really watch things in the theaters, but I try to watch them like when they come to Blu-ray or whatever. Um, I really liked uh, Ready or Not, uh, the movie that's literally a game of hide and seek, but is just so fun and so like crazy and weird and and just a blast from start to finish Uh, i thought that was great
2: i missed that one in theaters and i'm very disappointed because i was i very much wanted to see that
3: movie
0: yeah that and samara weaving like i i'm sure i've seen her in other things but the only other thing i could remember seeing her in was mayhem and she just gets like the crap beat out of her in both movies and just like covered in blood and everything Mm -hmm. and it just is like i'm like i'm worried she's typecast (laughs) on. I mean, I hope she keeps working in the genre because she's great. But yeah, I think she. I think
2: she's she's also in um, season one of Astros of Evil Dead*, and she also gets the crap beaten out of her.
0: <laughs> oh gosh, why am I not remembering who
2: she was? It's it's the, it's the last few episodes when they're back at the cabin. She, oh. she's, she's one of the teenagers that they run into in the woods
0: okay yeah. it's been a while since i've seen it so i just probably didn't recognize her at the time uh interesting yeah okay. I, I think that
2: was one of her first things but
0: uh yeah nice um i also uh really enjoyed us and midsommar uh um, oh, yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i, I really like kind of where the horror genre has been going we're just like kind of you know more like social commentary and just you know deeper more complex characters uh Jo- Joe Hill, who is, like, one of my favorite authors, and he's Stephen King's <coughs> son, has, like, this great quote about horror, which it's, like, people who don't like horror think that people who like horror are about, like, extreme sadism, and it's not the case. It's really about extreme empathy. And so, like, any time I watch a horror movie, and I, like, you know, like, when they create these teens that you just, like, are supposed to hate, and you're happy they get killed off? It's, like, those are the horror movies I don't want to watch. I'm, like, this uh, this does nothing for me. I Give agree. me characters that I, like, care about where, like, it's gonna, like be ripping my heart out when something awful happens to them. Agreed. And it's just I feel like we're seeing more and more of that and I love it. And I always wanted to keep going. Yeah, I
2: always I, I do enjoy watching horror movies. I, I watch them frequently, but I, I I get bummed out at the end when like there's the two characters who live and they like smile and hug each other, cue the, the you know the the hip rock song of the moment to play over the end credits. And it's always like mm-hmm. Literally all of your friends just died for the last 90 minutes. How are you not just shell-shocked and, and completely depressed at the end of this movie? Yeah. That always drives me nuts. But yeah, now mm-hmm. now with Hereditary and Midsommar and The Witch and uh, It Follows and whatnot, there is like this somberness that, that they are leaning into at the end of their movies. And I think that's super appropriate and I really love it. And I find that, like you, way more affecting uh, and, oh, and, yeah. lo- and long-lasting in my own memory as a result.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah,
2: um, I hate to be the the stick in the mud, but I I am uh, running towards the end of my time.
0: No, no, that's totally fine. This is a great place to wrap it up, Matt. Thank you so much for coming on and joining us today.
2: Yeah, no problem. It was a it was a pleasure, guys. I really uh, enjoyed it. I love any any chance to talk about collecting movies. I'm there.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Yeah,
1: can't thank you enough. Yeah, no problem. I will say, you talk a big game, though, about lending out movies when people don't have them, but you've never once done that for me. Uh, you mean
2: you mean you don't have Black Christmas on Blu-ray <laughs> yeah. that I gave you a year ago?
1: Yep. Ooh. That is what I was... No, 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 no. no. I was, I was Black Christmas eaters, that I went to eaters, go watch my... <laughs> uh,
2: this that. is this is a this is a great opportunity to publicly call you out on a podcast and say, "Nick, it's Christmas. Why aren't you watching Black Christmas? I don't want to hear about anything you saw on Shutter this year.
1: Black no, Christmas right. is eighty five right. minutes long. He's right. I shouldn't have watched anything else. I've had his his personal property for a year, and I haven't seen Black Christmas. Both are reasons for me not to fucking have a spot on this podcast. I don't deserve it uh. <laughs> <laughs> I just
2: want to talk to you about Black Christmas, especially now that there's been two shitty remakes that have come out.
0: That's true. That's true. I just rewatched it a couple weeks ago or a month or two ago. It was it was great. It's I loved fantastic. it. It's fantastic. So it was so good. I, I it was
2: did it, it was given to me as a gift a couple of years ago by my very good friend Andrew Stockwell.
0: It was given um, to me as a gift
2: I was by
1: Matt <laughs> <laughs> Uh
2: I was I was worried to watch it because some, some horror movies from the 70s that people say are amazing really are just the, the worst. Like The Last House on the mm-hmm. Left is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And I love Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I was nervous about watching Black Christmas because I know it's quote unquote the first slasher film that's ever been made. And I was afraid it was going to be really boring and really cheesy and really stupid. But guys, it's fucking fantastic. It's one mm-hmm. of the best slasher movies that has ever been made it, it it needs to be talked about more and it it's unfortunate that it didn't get just get a re-release instead of two shitty remakes
0: i don't think i've seen oh, i certainly haven't seen the newest one i don't think i saw the other one that came out what in 2009 or whatever it yeah was. yeah yeah woof anyway all right well thank you so much matt we appreciate it thanks for being on of course thank you for having me That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Let's Get Physical podcast. We want to thank Matthew Bronsdorf for joining us on this episode. And by the way, his short film Uber X that we discussed in the podcast can be viewed now on Amazon Prime. So everybody, go do that. Thank you. The wonderful music you heard on the podcast was graciously provided to us by Dana Clark. If you liked his music and would like to reach out and collaborate with him in any way, you can find him on SoundCloud.com with the handle D4N4. That's the letter D, the number 4, the letter N, the number 4. Thanks, Dana.